Welcome back to the Anonymous Third Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chura. Today, I have a special kind of episode for you. I'm calling this Relearn, as I found that you have a better chance of making things stick by learning to forget what you learned and relearning. This will be, uh, let's call it a kind of episode or a type of episode, and it will air periodically on the podcast and will aim to be shorter and focus on key actionable takeaways that both you and I have found have been helpful along this journey. Over the course of interviewing dozens of people, I've come to find some pretty synonymous lessons. Some of those were resurfaced at our first annual Go event, which featured Rich Roll, Jordan Burroughs, and Cedric King. We'll get into some of that and what they had to say and the lessons many took from their fireside chat at the event. But before we do that, I wanted to touch on something that really helped me recently. I watched a documentary called The Last Milestone, which follows running goat Elliot Kipchoge. Elliot is a world-class runner, and this movie chronicles his journey from his training grounds in Kenya to the high-tech facilities in Europe to his record attempt in Vienna to break the two-hour marathon barrier. To be clear, in case you don't know, no one has done this to date. This was a fascinating documentary for a few reasons, one of which is I cannot comprehend how someone can run a marathon even close to two hours. We're talking about a pace that's about four minutes and 30 seconds or so for 26 miles. My PR is close to seven minutes, I believe. (laughs) Granted, I'm not a professional runner, but as I think about sports, I can't help but think how crazy this is. I would highly encourage you to check out the movie as it's an amazing showcase of the power of the mind, body, and human spirit, but also it shows you how far we've come with regards to sports science. Because the stage was set for Kipchoge as he had a huge team of people supporting his every step via a pace car shooting a laser beam. He had some of the best pace runners in the world by his side and this perfect course that was set up to perfection. That all said, Kipchoge had to run this marathon himself. No one ran it for him at all. He did not have a relay partner, was part of any relay race. There was no physical assistance. There's just an unprecedented amount of non-realistic supporting cast members, but they were all striving for a common goal, for him, for Kipchoge to beat his record and be the first person in history to do so. What got me though, and why I'm telling you this story, is near the end of this perfect run, a commentator speculated what Kipchoge was thinking as he smiled. You see, Kipchoge's tell or his emotions are really shown in his facial expressions. They're super slight, so you you would barely notice. But when he makes a little smile, when he cracks a grin, the commentator explained that means he's in pain. But he went on, the commentator did, to speculate what Kipchoge must be thinking as well. And that's when he said these powerful four words, which really caught me off guard. Those were, if not now, when. That is what this commentator thought Kipchoge was thinking. If not now, when. When would Kipchoge have another shot at this? Have another shot at breaking this two-hour barrier? This was a a once-in-a-lifetime shot. If not now, if he wasn't going to do it now, when would he get another chance? I immediately thought about those words as a tool from my mental toolbox. 
stay with me for a second here. This weekend, I had my pinnacle training run before I compete in the Spartan Ultra Race in Tahoe later this month. About 18 miles into this run, I had to pull out this tool. I was running all by myself and not feeling it. I was bored and I was a little getting a little sore. I just didn't want to run anymore. But given the weeks ahead and that the race is just right in front of me and I'm already 18 miles in, I simply asked myself, if not now, when? When else am I going to be able to do this pinnacle run? Now, I ask you, how many times did you want to quit something or do you want to quit something? Maybe it's even happening now. Like you're listening to this podcast real time. You may want to stop whatever it is you're doing. I want you to think about those words, if not now, when? And let me know if that changes your mindset at all. But keep in mind, these words can apply to anything and everything. If you're looking at an entrepreneurial venture and you're asking yourself, if not now, when? If you're sick of feeling overweight or out of shape, asking yourself, if not now, when? If you're not feeling present with your family, but you want to be, pull these words out of your toolbox. As I'm thinking about this, though, I wanted to mention there's a caveat I want you to be cautious of. Use these words when you need to, when you've done the work and put yourself in a position to use them. In other words, I would not have went out for a 100-mile run and said these words in hopes that I could have achieved that. Words can only take you so far. If you remember, several months ago, I did an earlier episode with Alex Benayan, and he talked about being ready for the bus and always having your bus fare ready. When the bus pulls up, you have to be ready. That is analogous with taking advantage of an opportunity when it presents itself. When you're at the bus stop, you got to be ready to roll because that bus will only roll up once, sometimes in your life. This is exactly how I want you to think about these words. When you need them, pull them out. They will work as they did for me this last weekend. They also worked for my next segment, which I want to recap for you, my Go event. This event came together quickly. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, Go is this concept that combines activity with inspiration. So to be clear and give you a rundown of the day and the event we had, we started with a 5K run that had a false summit and stations, which included jumping jacks, lunges, air squats, and burpees. It turned out to be an amazing start to the day as I watched people push themselves out of their comfort zone. But most importantly, everyone there helped one another. There's no sitting down and conversing post-race. We were all about doing this together. So people went back out when they finished to help others run the final leg of the race and really brought anyone in that was struggling or that needed that extra dose of motivation. The next thing that happened at the event is Rich Roll and I did a fireside chat on stage, which I'll get to in a few minutes, and we followed that by self-defense training, which was taught by my friends at BJJ Labs, a great jiu-jitsu school in Naperville. Huge shout out to Peter, Mark, John, Brad, Frank, and others for helping teach this course. I was a little nervous, if I have to be honest, given the time crunch of 90 minutes, but I have to say this was a huge crowd pleaser. There's not one person that didn't get something out of the training. Even experienced folks loved it. Now that serendipitously was followed by a fireside chat with Jordan Burroughs, who's an Olympic gold medalist wrestler, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and known as one of the top wrestlers in the world. 
More on this in a minute. The last speaker was many who many people didn't know him, and his name was Cedric King. And if you don't know Cedric, you definitely should. You should follow his journey on social media and buy his book, The Making Point. All of this will be in the show notes for easier consumption. But I'm excited to share with you what I and many others got from these speakers. But I remiss if I didn't give Beth a massive high five fist bump at 360 Studios Naperville, who led restorative yoga at the end of the day. I'm pretty sure she made us all relax so much that some folks, not naming names, even started snoring. Okay, if you weren't there, not trying to make you jealous, but if you were there, I have to say it was an awesome first event and thank you. Now, back to the speaker takeaways. Rich Roll and I sat down and did a podcast uh, the day before this event. You can catch that on the video on YouTube or you can look a few episodes back wherever you're listening to this. Even though we covered a lot on there, we spoke on stage a lot of things that bears repeating. And right now I'm kind of kind of summarize our conversations and the key takeaways from the fireside chat I had with Rich Roll. And the first thing that we really focused on is needing to start by having an honest conversation with yourself. And in his case, that conversation was about alcoholism and getting sober. And that led into him doing something hard, something that scared him to get out of the loop that he was in. So how can you apply this to your life? I ask you, if you are in a rut or you are struggling with something, try to reverse that thinking, the mindset, and pick something hard to do. Sign up for a race. Sign up for your master's program, whatever it is, do something hard that will scare you to get out of the loop that you're in, the funk that you're in. Also, something that Rich talked about was, if your heart is true, the universe will open. It will not be on your timeline necessarily, but it will happen if you're pure and consistently taking steps toward the goal. And that really flows into this lesson that he kept bringing up and that is every movement is bringing us towards or away from a goal. Every movement is bringing you towards or away from your goal. Think about this as a binary thing. Think about it as you're playing Pac-Man and you're going one way or the other way. Every single decision you're getting closer or further away from your goals. And you have to tell the universe you're serious about taking the step and the path will unfold one step ahead of you. But you have to take the step to see the path. And I often say this is that you can always connect the dots going backwards, but you cannot connect the dots sometimes going forwards. And a few other things that we touched on, one is self-care to prevent burnout. You have to take care of yourself. I know so many people that focus on others first, and that is great in terms of you wanting to be an altruistic human being, and I think the world needs more of you. But that said, it's really hard to maintain that unless you are taking care of yourself first. Next is mood follows action. And this was probably the most important lesson that I learned from Rich And this stems from things that he learned when he was in AA, believe it or not. And 
this really has to do with stop waiting for the feeling, just do the thing. If you start doing the thing, you your mood will start changing. If you keep talking about doing it, your mood will not change. Mood follows action. Action doesn't follow mood. Behavior first, thoughts and feelings follow. And this requires, according to Rich, a ton of consistency. No life hacks or shortcuts. This is about doing hard things, making the obstacle the way, building character that gets you uncomfortable, and action will follow positivity and bias toward action. So in other words, if you start taking action in your life, your path will slowly get revealed for you. And I think that is just great insight because there are a ton of people with a ton of ideas and a ton of people that want to change or improve their life in, in maybe even smaller ways. This doesn't have to be a monumentous thing. Maybe your life is great, but maybe you do want to help others or maybe you do want to do other larger things. It all starts with those steps. I wanted to end the conversation regarding ritual with a quote by Heraclitus that he shared with us this day. And it is last day by day, what you choose, what you think, and what you do is who you become. Okay. The the next speaker or fireside chat I had at the event was with Jordan Burroughs. Again, he was on the podcast as well. The fireside chat we had was a bit different than the podcast, though. We focused a lot on family, and what I really loved about Jordan was his humility and how he really put his family first on a pedestal and a priority. He and they know when he's training, he's training. In fact, he told me when they are at an event that and that event is out of town, they'll get two separate hotel rooms at the same hotel so he can focus on sleep and, and getting ready, his mind ready for the event, and his family is in an, another room. Because they know if he wins, they win. And there didn't seem to be this middle ground with him and his family. And I struggle with this, as it's hard to be where your feet are sometime. But one thing I loved about Jordan is when he's training, again, he's training, and when he's with his family, he's with his family. Sometimes myself, when I am with my family, my mind's somewhere else. And when I'm somewhere else, my mind's somewhere else. I'm sure you guys can relate to that in some way. But it's really important to be where your feet are. Easier said than done, but I love his focus on that. The next key takeaway for me was to fail publicly. To me, this was huge. And doing this podcast is actually a step in that direction. I mean, when you push a podcast live out there in the universe, you're going to get criticism one way or another. Like you just will. And that's very similar with doing anything in life. Like if you want to be in the arena, you will get punched. That is something I heard a long time ago. And I think that is true. And same with Jordan. Like he had to fail publicly. He had to get beat publicly for him to be okay with it. And then guess what happens? You start to not care as much. You start to realize that all your worries about losing are manifested in your mind. The other key point that we talked about was quitting just before you obtain a goal. I thought this was pretty profound 
Because it's something we will never know the answer to. How close were we? Could we have pushed through? You never know how close you are to accomplishing a goal. You can be one phone call away or one step away, and if you quit too soon, you'll never know. So wrapping up with Jordan, I'd like to also end his key points with a quote from Serena Williams that he used. There are many days I don't feel like practicing, but I never feel like losing. Okay, to wrap up the event and the lessons was my friend Cedric King. For those of you who don't know Cedric, again, you should. Cedric is a double amputee army ranger. He was a master sergeant in 2012. His legs got blown off by stepping on an IED, woke up in the hospital, and was just devastated. You can imagine emotionally devastated. He looked down. He didn't have any legs. He thought it was he was in a nightmare. His book and story goes deep into this darkness. But what happened was Cedric realized that he had a chance at living. He had a second chance. And he created this mantra, or he uses this mantra. I'm not even sure, to be honest with you, if he created it or not. But he sure lives it. And that is, life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you. And if you think about your life and wherever you're at, you can probably relate to this in some way. I know I can in many ways. Life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you. That is one of the most profound statements that I've ever heard in my life. And that if you live by that, you will change your mindset from feel sorry for me to I'm gonna make this happen. It doesn't matter. This is happening for a reason. Cedric goes on to talk about the three elements that have really helped him get through those hard times when he woke up in that hospital bed without legs, looking down, and his family came in and had to explain to him what happened. And they weren't an overnight thing. He'll fully admit that. He went through horrible times. But those three things boil down to faith, family, and focus. For faith, it's the ability to believe bigger than you can see. Is your belief bigger or is your circumstances bigger than your belief? Whatever you're listening to, whatever you're saying, whatever you're hearing, if you empower the circumstances, then it disables your ability to believe. What you're saying is attracted to you. It will come to you. This is your sign that you need to retune your vision if you things, if you find things coming to you that you do not want. Revisit the moments that you won. Think about those in your past. What were you thinking then? That is your fuel and you got to use it. For family, it's simple. You need to be a good father or a good mother or a good son or a good daughter and be the best that you can be. And focus. Military and the special forces community taught Cedric a lot. And that is to overcome challenges by bringing yourself new challenges. Challenges you win against and revisit the times when you won when you're trying to stop. 
and use those receipts of those wins to keep coming back to look at them, to look at the playbook that you've already created and what happened when you won and use that strategy to keep winning even when you're tired. I know for me and thinking about that profound statement from Cedric that life doesn't happen to you, life happens for you. For me, this was finding myself working at the Chicago Assembly Plant at 20 years old. This was shortly thereafter finding myself laying on a bed having surgery for my heart, for my WPW syndrome and an ablation. Then 10 years later, having back surgery when I couldn't walk being a horrible speaker when I was a kid and not being able to talk because I had a horrible stutter, which caused anxiety and a lack of confidence. And a lot more than that. But all of that happened for me. All of that didn't happen to me. If you want to know the key that I found to life, it's just doing it. Just putting yourself out there. No one would have created anything for me, nor will they create it for you for the most part. Your parents do what they can. Your family does what they can. But no one's going to create a business for you and just hand it to you and say, here's your business, now go run it. It just doesn't happen like that. You need to put yourself out there and you need to go after it. As I close, I ask you to think about that thing you're too scared to do. Think about the cost of not doing it the cost to not only yourself, but yourself and others. At worst, you can learn a ton and educate yourself, no matter what it is. If that's training, starting a business, trying to learn a different language, trying to start a family. At best, sky's the limit. You may end up on another planet, literally. Just look at the entrepreneurs today that are flying out to space and everything that they're accomplishing. Who would have thought that 20 years ago? And think about those words from the commentator when you think about Kipchoge and the feats that he had and what he was thinking in his mind. The next time you are doubting yourself or you don't want to push just a little bit harder, remember, if not now, win. I still believe that breaking a two-hour marathon is impossible. If not now, when?